I want to talk about, well, I always talk about our relationship with the Lord, but I want to talk about it from the perspective of me being in my place so that he can function properly in his place. I want to talk about me being in my place, my correct place, so that he can function properly in his place. Who's interested in that? I know we can walk with God <clears throat> and have a relationship. I've done it for many years. They'll catch myself regularly. And once we find that place that we have with God in that relationship that seems to be okay most of the time, we can part there. And it's very interesting because I remember when Jesus was transfigured at the cross, um, James and John said, this is good. Let's build three tabernacles and let's stay here. And the, I think the plight of humanity is let's find a comfortable place and let's rest. You know, the devil ain't bothering me too much. You know, it's not that bad. Let's just live with it. And I don't think that God holds that against us, but I think that we don't get to fulfill what he really wants to do or what, or what we're called to in that place. That comfortable place allows us to become stagnant sometimes. Now, it's an interesting balance and I want you to stay with me on this. God wants us to have peace. He says, cast your care upon me because I care for you, I take care of you. The problem sometimes with being taken care of too much is you become complacent and you can become entitled. And you start to believe that it belongs to you now. And it does. But when appreciation is lost, when respect is lost, that's a dangerous place to be. I want to talk about being challenged in this season to get in a place with God that he can do his ultimate best with me, not just enough or the same old, same old. And I would ask, I would challenge you here. Do you feel sometime like your walk with God has just become a routine? You know, you pray, you say the prayers you're supposed to pray. And sometimes you even sense greatness belongs to you. But, you know, I had a conversation with somebody and I said to them, whenever you talk about the blessings of God, you always talk about them from a future perspective. You don't talk about them from a present perspective. They're always coming. God can make a way. Even if you say God will make a way, it's in the future, isn't it? And I begin to acknowledge that in some areas of my life, are you listening to me? It's in the future. But then there are other areas of my life that I know absolutely right now, all the promises of God are yea and amen, and there's no question. I don't, I don't, I don't even stumble with it. And the beautiful thing is we got to be honest about that. There is still place to grow. There's still place to mature in this walk. And I don't want to ever get so complacent in what I have that I miss what God really wants to do with me. So let me just say this before we get to the scripture. 
Everybody here I know can bear witness with what I'm talking about. But not everybody here feels comfortable enough that they can actually make a change. That 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 can really be changed. You know, you know God wants more for you. Everybody, if I ask everybody here for a show of hands, do you believe God wants more for you and God, you know, and not in a perfect place that you could be in the Lord? I guarantee you, every Christian, everywhere I go, everywhere for the most part, would raise their hand and say, Yeah, I know God wants more for me. And then I would say, So then why doesn't he have it? And then a hush comes over the room. Because either we believe that God just one day he's just going to make it happen or we just believe this is this thing we just gonna have to wait out you know until I get everything right in my life and then God will position me so let me bring it home with this 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 point let me bring this point home and I want you to listen to me real close there's a place that I have to show up to meet God I can't keep saying oh he's going to come meet me one day Listening to me, God meets me at the appointed place, at the appointed time. He doesn't show up where I am in the area of deliverance. I'm going to be very careful about how I'm saying this. I don't want to mess people up. God's with you present where you are always. But the promise to your destiny is not in your present place. It's in the place that he's leading you. And if you don't arrive at that place, hmm, let me see if I can give you some scripture to back this up. What good would it have done for God to part the Red Sea if they were still in Egypt? Now, are you with me now? They had to arrive at a point in a place so that his deliverance could be manifested. So when he would say to him, a cloud by day, a pillow of fire by night, and when it moves, you go with it. He was saying to them consistently, I need you to be where I am. Somebody said this in a message. I don't remember who it is, and I won't take credit for it. But he said, David should have been in the field with his men. Instead, he was kicking up his heels at the palace, and that's how he wound up getting into trouble with Bathsheba. Right? If he was out there where he was supposed to be leading, which David was known for. But this day, he was chilling and letting them do it. And he opened himself up to something that shouldn't have happened. Here's what I'm saying. I'm coming to the realization, even as I'm getting older, that God's blessing manifests when I'm where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. Now, it doesn't mean I can't get there later and not receive the blessing. Sometimes you can miss out, absolutely. I know everybody in this room has missed out on moments and times and seasons of their life that they know where God wanted them to be and they weren't there. But if I'm focused on being where God has called me to be when he wants me to be there, I don't miss his blessing. So I'll give you this one quick example again and then you'll understand it a little bit deeper. Miami, sleeping on my couch in my office for a whole year. I finally said, God, you know how I pray. If you'd be so kind, I just want a bed. I just want my own bed. I'm tired of sleeping on the couch. Can you do something? A week later, he says, you need a vacation. Go to Florida. I, eh, 
I want to go stay with this person because they're going to be talking about women all day and I want to be right. No, they ain't going to do that. Just do what I say. And, and God kept their mouth the whole time I was there. And then while I was there, because I was obedient, I was there, he said, you're going to live here. What if I had never went? You're going to live here. So I extend my stay for a couple of more days and I go look at apartments. And God takes me to the apartment that he wants me to have. And then he says, I want you to sign the lease and move two weeks. Who does that? No warning, no furniture, no nothing. I went down there with a TV table and a chair. Figured if anything, I get a blow up mattress and make it through the night and then figure out what I'm going to do the next day. You know the story. On the road, to get a phone call. I got all this furniture. I got to do something with it. Do you want it? And I get a, a literally full house full of top-end furniture. What if I had delayed a week? Two weeks. A month. I need to put this in front of you again. And some of you heard me say it, but I'm going to keep saying this kind of stuff until it sits in your face. When I moved there, I did not have the money to pay that kind of rent. Didn't have it, didn't, wasn't making enough. I had it in the bank in my savings. So when I moved in, I moved with the perspective of this. I got this much in the bank. I could get me a bed at least, use my little TV table. And I got six to eight months to figure out of rent saved to, to see what God's going to do next. And on the way there, all the furniture was provided. And on the way there, he turned my business around where it quadrupled in profit. And I have not looked back. I'm out there now looking for fourth family homes. My point is I had to be where he needed me to be. Oh, God's just going to bless me one day. Oh, so what? The apartment is going to pop up and it's going to come. The listing going to come find me. No, I have to be in the place. I have to function with God the way he functions. Are you listening? I just mean to stand on this this long, but I really want to bring this home because most of you are right at the door of your greatness. And I don't want you to miss it. You're right at the door and I don't want you to miss it. I have to stop expecting God to flow in my way and I have to flow in his way. I have to stop expecting God to flow according to me and I'm well, according to your faith, be it unto you. That's not a good statement necessarily. According to your faith, be it unto you. Well, if you believe that you're going to be sick and you believe you're going to die and you believe it's never going to happen, then according to your faith, be it unto you. I don't want it to be according to my faith. I want it to be according to his promises. And I want my faith and your faith to line up to his promises, not to get him to try to meet me where I am. I want to meet God where he is. Did you catch that now? I had to take a stand based on the God that I know and loves faithfulness. Now, unbeknownst to some of you, there was a word spoken over me. I remember Edwards where I was sitting when I said it to you, you were standing over me in the living room. I was sitting in a little purple chair in that little corner 
and you were standing there. And I said, God spoke to me yesterday and told me the way I told you to help her and help her find a place and help her get set up, I'm going to do it for you, but I don't have your limitation. Remember that? And remember that look you gave me like, whew. And what was it, not even a month later? Everything God promised manifests and then some. Now, I don't mean to stand on this this long, but God want me to get this to you. We're going to get to some scripture, but I really need you to be encouraged today. And that's where my spirit is right now. I need you to be encouraged in the practical, not in the super spiritual off in the, in the cosmos somewhere, but in the natural. I've been there two years. And each year they raise my rent 500 a month. Not a year, a month. And each year I said, I'm getting out of here. And each year God said, no, you're not. Well, I need to find a place that ain't raising rent like this. God said, or you could believe me to provide no matter what they do. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Well, my first new rent kicked in this month, which would be pulling an extra $500 a month. But there's no lack. I'm not struggling to figure out how I'm going to do it because I trust him. So there are things he's told me to do recently that have made me go, but then what do I do about this? Or how do I handle that? Or what am I gonna take care of that? And what am I gonna do with this? Even the selling this building, like, well, where am I gonna put all this stuff? And God said, hold up, hold up, hold up. Are you gonna meet me where I am? Or are you gonna still keep trying to judge me according to what your abilities and your limitations are? Are you going to give me the chance to show you the depth of my move? Or are you going to keep forcing me to work within the confines of your limitations? What I'm trying to push today is give God a chance to be great in your life. Give him a chance to be great. Give him a chance to do the thing that you, you could clap, it's okay. Give, Give him the chance to do the thing in your life that he wants to do without your limits or limitations or connections or who you know or who you don't know, who you think can help you. Or where is this going to come from or how that's going to happen? It's going to happen to him. Or it's going to happen to you if you limit him to that. Don't look at what's in your wallet. Don't look at what's in your bank account. Don't look at and if he tells you to do it. Now, balance. I'm not telling people to go jump. I'm going to go buy this car. God going to give me the money to pay my bills every month. If he ain't tell you that, you on your own. That car going to no, choke the crap out you. But if he tells you to do it and he confirms that he's with you, he supplies your needs according to his riches and glory. So my challenge to you today is I need everybody here to agree with me that they're willing to put themselves in the place to let God be God. That, that's it, just put, put your back against the wall so that there's no other way to go but God, either you with me or this fails. Either you show up or I'm shot. You know, I'm done. I'm down the drain. And there's times he'll ask you for that. Just go. And I don't want it explained. 
So one of the things I used to deal with both of my business partners here is whenever they would get a word, they would say, so maybe it means this. And I think God's going to do this. And you know, maybe it possibly means this. And you know what? You know, and you know, you know, he made me need this person. So maybe it means this. And I'm like, could you stop maybe? -ing? I don't know what it means. I was where you told me to be when you told me to be there. And whatever you do and however you do it. My God, I just keep talking. Is this okay? There were words spoken over me in the past couple of years, very specific words. Um, a lot of them from, from Nellie. And when she would say them, I would try to qualify them based on her. So logically try to figure out, well, how could this be? What well, must mean this? Maybe it would mean that. It's possible it means this. And then I would begin to doubt the authenticity of the word, even though when I first heard it, it bore witness. You're hearing what I'm saying right now? This time you get a word and it bears witness with you, not with your brain, but with your spirit. And it bore witness, but then I intellectualize it right out of position. I'm looking back now, three years later or more, and I've watched every one of them come to pass, but not in a way that I thought they would, not in a way that made sense to me, not in a way that logically, and not in a way that at the time, financially I could even conceive. I'm just asking you guys today, let God have the chance to be God in your life. And when God challenges you to do some things, it's gonna be scary. It's gonna make you question if you heard. That's okay, Gideon went through all of that. But eventually he snuck into the camp and he heard the people saying, and Gideon's gonna come through and overthrow this whole camp. And now he was encouraged to do so. God wants to do great things in your life, but he requires you to humble yourself, shut yourself up, your mind, your logic, your intellect, and allow him to lead you to the place that he wants to do great things for you and with you. With that said, I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. And that was probably the longest intro to a message I've ever done, but did it encourage you? Did it challenge you a little bit? So first Peter. And I'm going to bring this home with a verse. And I want you to understand that saying I'm more than a conqueror is a true thing. Saying I'm a believer is a true thing. But we got to get past the point of confession to the point that is reality to us and we don't see it any other way. And it doesn't manifest into it that. Did you catch what I just said? It doesn't manifest into it's that. Confession is important. I believe I receive, important. Standing on the word, important. But at some point it has to become real. It has to become something that's real to you, it's official. It has to be not on the outside of you speaking to you, but it has to be on the inside of you speaking out of you. Ooh, I like that. 
Mm. It can't be on the outside anymore speaking to you. Can you be a witness what I'm talking about? At some point, you manifest it to it's in you and is now what comes out of you. You don't see it any other way. How many of you have known me for over a decade? Have you ever seen me laugh? You ever heard, heard me complain about money? You ever seen me try to figure out how I'm going to pay anything, this, that, or the other? What have you heard me say, though, for all of those years? I don't laugh. God provides. I don't struggle. When it comes to money, maybe other things, but not finance. Now, I come from a man who was very, very poor. But my confession and my surety is, oh, no, I don't laugh. I don't care if I, listen, I haven't had a job in 30 years. I don't lack. I don't lack. I don't, I don't understand lack. Not when my father has a cattle on a thousand hill. I don't want the cattle, but sell them and give me what the cow is worth. I'll take that father. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't lack. I don't understand it anymore. It's just not even in my vocabulary to relate to lack. I don't know what I'm going to do, not in my vocabulary. I don't need to know what I'm going to do. I need to trust what he's going to do. Am I speaking to somebody? It's a, it's a place you get that you confessed it enough seriously, not like a magic word or a magic charm confession, not the Dothy clicking on shoes saying there's no place like home. Not that kind of confession. That kind of thing, when you speak it to, you and God become one with that word. And when you speak it, it comes from a place that nobody can touch. Not a devil, not a demon, nobody related to him. It doesn't work. So, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I read it from the emphasis, set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Now, stay with me. Humble yourself before God. Lay your pride and your ego and your arrogance aside that he may exalt you and put you in the place that he's planned for you in due time. And I've heard that preached a million times and they stop right there with that. And that's not the complete thought and it's not helpful that way because then you start trying to figure out what humble means and what you start trying to do is make yourself meek and weak, which is God has never asked you to do. He asks you to be humble means to be still is what this word humble means here. Humble yourself, put your pride, your arrogance, your opinion, the way you see it, the way you think it's supposed to go, your point of view, put that aside. And then he will put you in the position in the right time. But here's what, what, what makes that real and makes that work. Casting all of your cares and anxieties and your worries and your concerns once and for all on him because he cares for you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So he's not talking about you trying to act humble and let people walk over you. He's saying the humility he's asking for of you is for you to stop depending on yourself and depending on him. When you're walking in care and worry, you are being prideful. When you're, you're being arrogant, you're being self-righteous. 
You think you can do the work of God in your own power. He's saying to you, listen, here's how you humble yourself at the hand of Almighty God. Cast all your concerns on him. Put all your concerns in his hand and let him take care of you. That's how you humble yourself. That's the definition of it. I ran around all my life trying to be humble. How do I be humble? Somebody cuss at me, I don't cuss back. That ain't being humble. I'm not saying that's not necessary, but that's not the definition of humility. The definition of humility is pride and arrogance. And pride and arrogance is anytime you wrong somebody and God says, repent, and you can't do that, that's pride and arrogance. Nobody may see that but you. God says to you, you know, let that go. Don't keep that. Let them have that. Give that to them, something financial, whatever. That's all I got. I got to pay my bills. God was like, okay, so you, you exalting yourself then because you're depending on your bank account to make it happen instead of mine. Or you see, you're, you're, you're not trying to hear this, but I'm trying to tell you. I told God all the time, I clear the bank account out. I'll do it in a second. If you tell me to clear it, I clear it. It gets a little harder now because a little bit more in there. But, but I, I still, I used to say that when I have much in there. Now there's a bit in there. I'm like, but I'll still do it because I don't want my pride in what God's given me to take the place of what God can do. Did you catch that? I don't go get so caught up in what he's done for me that I make that thing take the place of God. It's a scripture for that. He said, you worship, worship the creative thing over the creator. You start to take the things he's given you. Why do you think you says in Deuteronomy 8.18, when he gives you your godly houses and you have your cattle and you have your wealth, don't forget that it was God that gave you the power to get wealth, that he may establish a covenant with you. Hmm, what does that mean? I say, well, what does that mean? What, that mean? What, what covenant you want to establish? He said, the covenant that I'm your provider. You never get sucked into the thing. Well, if I just work hard and put more hours in, you just be more tired and still unprovided for. Well, you know, I go to work early in the morning. I work late at night. I'm trying to get them to acknowledge me and give me a promotion on my job. Yeah, and, and what you got? I don't even feel appreciated, right? Because you look into the wrong source. You need to humble yourself. You look into man now. God put you on the job and you done took that person, that male, that female, that supervisor made him your God. Now you're trying to please them in all of their ways instead of pleasing the Lord in all of your ways. Who got quiet? I see you're making faces and stuff, but you got real, real quiet right there. Well, how many customers I got? Well, how many, you know, what difference does it make? God's my provider. God's my provider. And, 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 and if he have to turn stones into bread, he will. He's my provider. And I've learned that. So now I'm learning it in the other ways of my life. And I'm learning to step out and trust and believe because you said it, it's good enough. So I want to leave you with this. One more time. Down at verse six, humble yourself under the hand of almighty God. Set aside self-righteous or self-sufficient pride so that he may exhort or lift you up to the place of honor in his service at the right time. Casting 
all of your cares, all anxieties, all worries, and all concerns, not every time you face them, once and for all on him, for he cares for you with the deepest affection. And he watches over you very, very carefully. So here's the word. Once and for all, no wishy-washy, like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. Now let that person believe they receive anything from the Lord. If you say God provides your needs, stop going back and forth with it. Let him provide. If you're saying God heals your heart, stop going back and forth with it. Let him heal your heart. If you say God heals your body, don't go back and forth. Say God, you heal my body. You are my provider. You are my source. You know, the worst thing is when people start going to the, to getting, especially they got a lot of medical insight, they start saying, well, you know, it says and statistics say and this say and that say, okay, it's good to know all that stuff. But then it always comes back to, well, whose report are you going to believe? Well, I'm going to choose to believe the report of the Lord and again, allow my back to be put to the wall where I have no other out but God. That's something that I intentionally do. Put myself in a place where I say, God, show me where you need me to be, where I can't look to anything else or anyone else but you. Is it scary? Yeah. Uncomfortable? Yeah. But you can get used to it, I promise. Because what I've learned is the winds are big and the winds are good. When you win, you win. Humble yourself under God's hand and give him the opportunity to exalt you in due time. I'm gonna say this last thing, I was, God spoke it to me as I was reading it and I was getting ready to wrap up just now. He said, oh, you forgot to say this. I said, well, what's due time? He said, when it happens, that's due time. When is it the right time? When it happens. You stand until, and you make the decision to stand until, whatever due time is. I've been waiting for God on this for five years. Well, you ain't lined up yet, obviously, or, 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 it's, or it ain't due time. When do you know it's due time? When it happens. It happens. He says, do this, and you do it, and it works. That's it. I don't try to push the God now into anything. But I do know this. It don't take me 10, 15, 20 years of standing anymore for anything for anything god tells me to go it's go time now faith is the substance of things hoped for i believe it's now when god tells me it's now it's now and i've seen the move of god take 20 years and 30 years of things in my life and i had to come to the realization that it wasn't god that was me putting god in the situation that he had to wait for me to line up with it because i'm waiting for all things in the natural to line up before i would believe god but you don't have that problem so here's what I'm saying. Humble yourself. Give God the opportunity to show you how great he is. Matter of fact, why don't you right now just ask him, God, where do I need to be? Just right now, what do I need to do to be in that place where you can show off on my behalf? You, your word says you take pleasure in the prosperity of your servant. Show me where I need to be. It may not be a big thing that I can step out in right now. Maybe my faith isn't there. But let me start somewhere, Father. Give me, give me a chance to step out and believe you in something that challenges my intellect and my logic and my human pride. Give me the opportunity to see you show off on my behalf.
I thank you for it. I want to, I want to I, stop me where I am. Give me a place to grow. Your word said, if I have the seed the size of a mustard seed, I can plant it. So I come to you with the smallest faith that I may have. But Father, I ask you to position me, plant me somewhere that stretches my faith beyond this comfortable place. And then walk me through every step after. And I know you will. I know you're looking forward to it. And so am I. And I thank you for the greatness that belongs to me. In the name of my Savior, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thank you, babies, for your time. Give God a chance. Give him a chance to show off. He will, he's looking forward to it. He loves it. The, Bible, the scripture says the eyes of the Lord wander to and fro, seeking for someone to show himself strong on, meaning looking for somebody to show off on. It stops with me. I, 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 I raised my hand on that one. I, I took that. I was like, yeah, here I am. Look no further, God. Your eyes don't let them roam. No, here I am. Amen. Amen. Love, love and blessings to you. And see you next time. Love you, babies.